You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And on this podcast, my goal is to explore everything dealing with the hot wife lifestyle, the cuckold lifestyle, and also a little bit of the interracial BBC lifestyle thrown in for good measure, just to spice things up a little bit. And my goal is to separate fact from fiction and give you, you know, just kind of a peek behind the curtain about, you know, the real people, you know, who are, who are living this lifestyle. Um, so today I have with me is a very interesting couple, a uh, hot wife couple, uh, Casey and Jason. Won't you guys say hello? Hello. Hello. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for, you know, for your interest in wanting to be a part of this. And also thank you for inviting me into your home. Oh, you know, absolutely. I, I don't get the opportunity too often to uh, do these like live in person, uh, you know, kind of interviews away from Splash. I mean, obviously at Splash, I, I get to do it, but, you know, these are rare for me. So I definitely appreciate it. So, so thank you. Okay. So, like I said, you guys, I guess, are kind of in the, uh, the, the hot wife stag vixen lane. So, just to kind of get, give my listeners an idea, uh, how old are you both? I am 40. I will actually be 41 next month. I'm 42. Okay. And how did you guys meet? We met in a threesome. (laughs) Um, We were both single in the lifestyle at that time, and we had a mutual male friend that arranged the threesome for us. So the first time I met him was in his driveway and, you know, at his house. And we had this amazing night together, and it was supposed to be just a one-night stand, pretty much. And then um, it was a very interesting journey to be, to us being here married now. Um, but we can get into that kind of later mm-hmm. if you have some questions about that. No, absolutely. So you were already in the lifestyle as a single woman. Yep. So I was originally I had started uh, with a boyfriend. He was much older. He was married. It was a horrible scene to be in. But that's how I got introduced to the lifestyle itself. And then when I broke up with him, I tried to be vanilla for a little bit. And it just wasn't just wasn't working. Like dating guys and stuff, I just couldn't forget about the lifestyle. So then I just found the courage to kind of come back as a unicorn and join a site. And then I never looked back. Okay, so you said that it was, it was an ex-boyfriend who kind of introduced you to it. What was it that he told you about the lifestyle that even made it a, a appealing to you? Like, why did it interest you and make it be something that you said, huh, I, I want to explore that? Well, actually, I found an ad for a swingers club on Craigslist. Because this was going back a long time when Craigslist was, mm-hmm. you know, going back like, you know, almost 20 years now. Um, I remember they used to have like the casual encounters section on there. I forget what he told me to get me on that, you know, um, but I was the one that found the post about this club and I didn't know what that was. So when I asked him and he explained it to me, I was just really curious about it. 
And then he couldn't believe that I wanted to go there. So he like introduced me to stuff, but I was definitely curious enough to want to explore things. So prior to being with him, how would you describe what your sexual nature was prior to meeting him? Like where were you, what was your relationship with sex like? There wasn't really much. Uh, he was my second serious boyfriend and he was the first guy to give me an orgasm. Mm-hmm. And before that, I thought sex was, it was okay. It wasn't that exciting for me. Um, and also, I didn't know with my first boyfriend that I was allergic to latex. So every time we had sex, I was getting UTIs and infections. And I was like, sex is horrible. Why do people <laughs> like this? I'm getting. So I really had this conflict where we were having sex because I'm his girlfriend and we're supposed to have sex. But it really wasn't pleasurable for me at all. So I did it more like a chore. Mm -hmm. So when I dated this other guy and I learned about the allergy and we got rid of that problem. And then, you know, he was older. He was a lot more experienced than me. So he kind of like showed me some things. And I was like, wow, women can like sex. This is really interesting to me. Um, And then, you know, we started like this adventure in the lifestyle and stuff. And then that, that opened a lot for me. And I would say I really peaked after I broke up with him and I became a unicorn. That's when I really started to explore and like find my sexuality and what I liked. And I put myself first. So you say you, you, you put yourself, yourself first. So is that to imply that when you were with him, you were not putting yourself first? Looking back, I don't think I was at the time. I really didn't know much. I didn't, know better and it was the typical scenario where we get into the lifestyle and he thought it was hot to see girls together so I kind of went down that path where I was playing with girls a little bit and stuff and then I found out later in life I am definitely straight I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for him kind of like leading yeah it's you know I never want to look back and say he made me do things because I never said I didn't want to do them Mm -hmm. I think I was just learning what I liked and didn't like. So I went along with things to experience them. But once I got rid of him and I was by myself after a little bit of time, I really learned like, no, I want to go down this path instead of that path. And I looked for experiences that were really beneficial to me. And I wasn't just pleasing the other person. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. I don't even know if, if, if you can remember this, but um, can you remember before you discovered this lifestyle and before your views on sex kind of change, can you remember how you viewed women who were out there kind of, you know, doing their thing? Like one of the things that I always talk about is for a lot of us, especially me, you know, being a product of the the seventies and eighties, it was television. And I can remember how, on these TV shows, how people were treated differently. Like you always had like the ladies man character, whether you're talking about, you know, Fonz or, you know, Dan Fielding on Night Court or, you know, fast forward to, you know, Joey on Friends. Like the guys were always, you know, kind of bragging about their conquests and everything like that. And then their other friends were always envious of them. Whereas the women on these shows were always kind of, you know, put down in slut shame, whether, you you know, Laverne or you know, uh, Blanche on Golden Girls or, you know, um, uh, um, I can never remember her name on Sex and the City. Um, 
Samantha. Samantha on Sex and the City. <laughs> now how, he wakes how up. Yeah. Know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just kind of curious, like these women who were out there kind of, you know, living their best life. Can you remember how you, like, what was your perception of them when you were back on the other side? So it really had less to do with what I was seeing on, like in media and more about actual like real life. Right. So growing up, I went to Catholic school, which in itself you're taught, you know, sex is evil. And then I was raised by parents that were not very open about talking about sex and stuff. They weren't, you know, they didn't shun it, but it wasn't like a topic of discussion. It mm. was more like you wait till you're not necessarily married, but it's like the one you're waiting for the right person to lose your virginity with. And then I had, you know, girlfriends when we were, you know, late teens and stuff, they were very promiscuous. Mm-hmm. And I saw firsthand how they were slut shamed. You know, like they'd go blow the guy in the woods, he'd get the high five, and then everybody would call her a slut. And I was like, holy shit, this is not cool. Like, I don't want to be that girl. So growing up, I really had this kind of like a fear of embracing my sexuality. I wanted to stay you know, like respected by guys. And I didn't think you could do both. Mm -hmm. I thought I had to choose. So I went the prudish route and I really, you know, like I was scared to do stuff. I didn't want to be disrespected. I didn't want to be looked down upon because of something that I did. So I was really, you know, shy when it came to guys for a very long time. And it was the lifestyle that helped me break out of that finally. So, Knowing what you know now, and, and you know, you said that you, because this is something that I, I think a lot of women go through either firsthand or, like you say, they, they witness it. What do you wish, like I said, knowing what you know now, what do you wish you could say to those women who were being slut-shamed? You know, it's a tough call because at that age, I mean, when you're talking your teenage years, I don't know if there's... Like, if I would know how to be confident and be doing those things, I think a lot of times girls that age that I knew, at least, were not doing it for the right reasons. They were doing it because they thought guys would like them or they thought it would make them popular or they had to do it. I don't think they were doing it from a place of empowerment Mm -hmm. or a place of, like, their pleasure. I think it was a very wrong way of doing it. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't start until later in life when I really understood myself. And I was doing things for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, at that age, I think it's just really complicated. And, you know, you you can't really understand these things at that age. They're complex. Yeah. So I'm glad I just avoided it and, you know, dealt with it later. But, you know, at this age now, I know that you can have both. You don't have to choose. And there are people that are not going to understand that. They're still going to judge you. But when you get to the place that you're no longer ashamed of it, it's really hard for people to make you ashamed of it. And that was the biggest thing. Like when I wrote my first book and stuff, I was really struggling with those issues. And I was trying to process how do you have both like parts of you and not hide it and not feel guilty and have the courage to tell a guy this is what you're into and this is what you're hoping to have in a relationship. You know, it's, it's not easy. But at some point you have to own it. And the more you own it, the more people you know, kind of do respect you for that in a way, if you find the right people at least. Mm -hmm. So you were with guy number one, 
then you were the guy number two who introduced you to the lifestyle and you were kind of doing the couples thing and you know you were exploring and like you said uh, playing with women even though that really wasn't your thing and then when you became a single woman you started prioritizing what you wanted and you know finding out what lane you wanted to be in so at what point did you start saying to yourself or if you even said it that I wonder if I can be a couple and still have it the way that I you know because when you were a couple before it was a different dynamic and now you discover what you wanted and it it, it kind of goes back to like what you said you experienced when you were younger which was do I have to choose in other words do can I have what I want that I'm getting as a single, can I also have that as a couple? Or did you think that I'm not going to be able to have it that way? Well, that or- was that was really interesting because when I first found the lifestyle, I thought there was going to be no more judgment. It was going to be this easy, I know you're laughing, right? Because <laughs> I learned my lesson. But, you know, you're going into this going, wow, these people are so open. They're so free. They understand everything. And I thought, okay, this is great. I'm going to meet a guy in the lifestyle. We're going to have this great relationship. It's going to be so simple. And it wasn't. I was finding all these guys that, on one hand, they respected how bold and sexual I was. Like, they loved that about me. But then when it came to dating, they're like, oh, no, no, this is fun, but I'm going to go date a vanilla girl because I can respect her. Like, you're just for fun. So I kind of fell back again to almost feeling like a little ashamed, even though I was in the lifestyle, because now if a guy in the lifestyle doesn't want to date me, like what am I left with? Nothing. So after many, many years of this like back and forth conflict that I had, I was seeing someone, um, because I would always get guys that'd be like, okay, you know, we met in the lifestyle, we met in a threesome or a gangbang, and we can totally date, but we have to be vanilla. And I'm like, "It, it doesn't work like that. If you're really dedicated to this life, you don't, just flip a switch and leave it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do that for a little bit maybe, but it's always going to resurface. So that was, you know, I wasn't willing to do that. But after a few years, and a few years, I mean, maybe like seven or eight or so, like it was a long time of wearing me down. I was kind of seeing a guy that I met in a threesome. And he was a really great guy. And he gave me the ultimatum. And Ultimatum being? We can be together, but we're monogamous. And... I didn't love the idea, but, like, on paper, he was a good catch. Um, And I was getting older, and I was like, you know, maybe this just wasn't meant to be for me. Maybe this was a phase I went through. Maybe, like, I had a really good run for, like, (laughs) you know, a decade, and now I have to just, like, be a grown-up and settle down and live this normal life. And I was really on the cusp of giving into it when my friend called and invited me to go to on this threesome. Now, this is the same guy that gave you the ultimatum? Uh, no. Okay. So I was, I was seeing that guy, and then a friend called to have the threesome that I met my husband in. So I had this, like, really big moment in my life, like when you watch a movie and the main character has to, like, choose their destiny. Mm-hmm. It was like, do I settle down with this guy, or do I go on this threesome and risk everything? And, you know, true lifestyle person, I went on the threesome. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> it was so tempting, you know? And then I ended up marrying that guy. So if I didn't go, we wouldn't be here right now. You know, so that was a very big life lesson for me that you have to really be true to yourself. 
And no matter how long it takes, you can't sacrifice who you are just for a relationship. You know, if I ended up being with that guy, it probably never would have worked, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'd be suffering and we'd still be together and I'd be miserable. Either way, it wasn't meant to be, you know? So I think it's really important for people to know what their expectations are for themselves and out of life. And, you know, it's okay to not want something that's traditional, there's so many more people out there living lives like this than you know because not everybody wants to talk about it. But you're not alone, and it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. You just have to find the person that, you know, feels the same way about life. And luckily, I happened to stumble upon him. So, <laughs> Okay, that, so that, that actually leads me to, to you, Jason. Uh, we, you know, we talked a, a, a little bit, and I know that, you know, prior to – meeting Casey that you you were kind of navigating this as a single guy correct you know uh you know for 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 a little while and as you said you were you know you were you know pretty successful with it so kind of give my listeners what was life for you like being a single guy in this life and were you were you single from the beginning like were you always a single guy in this lifestyle or did you come into it as a couple and then became single and like how did you get started in all of this um i did start as a couple with a previous, sorry, I did start as a couple with a girl I was with previously, uh, but quickly learned she was not cut out for it. It was your idea at first? Like, were uh, you the we, one who brought we, it we up? We both talked about it. Okay. And uh, we tried a couple things, a couple clubs, couple, just not cut out for it. Too much jealousy, too much alcohol on her end. Mm-hmm. So we stepped away. And uh, eventually that relationship faded but i never lost interest in that what i saw i was like holy shit like this looks amazing Mm -hmm. so i discovered i can do it as a single guy um and uh started out on a particular site and within i think the first month this really nice couple gave me a chance and uh from then on i just grew a little bit more and a little more right I i had an awesome time and then, you know, I wound up meeting Casey, and, and uh, we have our own thing going now. So, and that that's, I guess, one of the interesting things, being a single guy in this lifestyle. And I've, I've talked about it before, and there are people out there who don't, you know, who, who feel no sympathy for us or anything like that, but it, it's a real thing. And that is, as, as a single guy in this lifestyle, you know, you're playing with these couples, you know, they invite you to their home where they get a hotel and, you know, you come in and you, you know, you do what you do and you do it well and she's happy and he's happy. And then you leave and they get to have this moment, you know, this close bond and you're, you know, you're driving home by yourself, you know, usually walking into an empty house. Maybe you got a dog, you know, you kind of going through your cabinets like, you know, what's for dinner? And, you know, you're kind of on your couch watching TV and yet you find yourself like, what are they doing now? You know what I'm saying? Like, like they're sharing this amazing, you know, moment together. And for the single guy, it's great while you're in it. But then once you leave, it can be kind of lonely. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you're not a couple. And when those special days come up, you know, They've got a built-in partner for New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day and birthdays and, you know, anniversaries and, and all that. But as, as, as a single guy, you don't really have those. And so I'm just kind of curious, how long did it take 
when you were navigating this lifestyle as a single guy before you started having those thoughts and feelings? The thoughts of how I want to be where they are? Yeah, just realizing that, that, yeah, this is fun, but it would be so much more fun if I had somebody to do it with me. Uh, you know, a lot of single guys, they're cool for the first few years. They're happy being single and no attachments, and they, they you know, but then there are other guys, you know, who are like, man, as, as fun as this is, you know, I would much rather be doing this with somebody. Correct. So probably since it didn't work out with the first girl, it was always in the back of my head, like, I would love to be with a girl in this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Which direction we went in when I meet this girl, I don't know, but I would love to be part of this lifestyle. So you you touched on it before I had a chance to say, but I felt empty pretty much after every sexual encounter, whether it was with a couple or just the wife of the couple. Um, it would be so much fun or, you know, we'd go for a drink, we'd have fun, you know, some good sex. And then um, I hosted a lot of times mm-hmm. and I did have two dogs. So that was <laughs> uh, they, they passed since then, but they would go home. The people would go home or the wife would go home and I would be lonely enough. I would have the dogs to hang out with and right. hang out with, just like you said, on the couch, watch TV and I'd be like, eh, all right. And then, you know, just keep doing that over and over and over again. And um, I had two situations where, a married woman started falling for me, but I never, uh, I, my belief was I never mixed right. feelings into this lifestyle, and I was never going to mess Break. up anybody's right. or marriage that's probably already having issues mm-hmm. because I encountered couples that were super happily married, and I encountered couples where I never even met the husband, but, you know, the wife had permission to play, and, and then, you know... It, a lot of different yeah, it could get messy. So there were two situations where they actually said, "Like, hey, I'm full." I'm like, mm, "That's not what I'm mm-hmm. what I'm looking for." You you have your own thing going on, um, but nevertheless, empty, empty, lonely, and it was hot and fun, and you'd be all turned on, and then once my orgasm hit, I was like, eh. "Yeah," yeah. <laughs> it's like eh. it was fun, but that's it. So did you have any, prior to meeting Casey, did you have any, like, situations where, you know, you almost got in a relationship with this woman or you guys talked about it but it just didn't work out or were you pretty much just straight single until you met her? Like, did you have any even missteps with women? I always kept an eye out, and I did happen to meet a couple of single girls in the lifestyle, but nobody like Casey, like, they either didn't know what was going on or they thought they knew what they wanted. And it was just, there was no, like, we didn't mesh well. Um, as far as the married women, if that's what you were asking, no, I always kept it like, you know, I knew my place. Right. I knew my place in it. And um, it never got to this point, but one couple, the first couple that gave me an opportunity, we we started hanging out more and more, whether it was the both of them or just her. And they had said, oh, we'd love to, like, take you, you know, go on vacation with you. Like, get to that point where you're kind of just, like, you were, you, you were Almost like her them, boyfriend. Company almost. them, right? But then. I my, fucked that up for him. My beautiful wife came along. <laughs> Cock blocked the shit out of him. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and they understood. Right. You know, like we talked about, it, we just never got to that point. But they, we were growing a bond. You know, I grew bonds with people. Yeah. It was nice, but 
like you said, whether I left a hotel or they left the house here, you know, it just it just gets to you. Mm-hmm. So what 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 pops into my mind? So you meet Casey, like she said, it was a a, a blind threesome. So she comes here with a friend of hers to meet you and. You guys didn't bring this up before, but you're, you know, you, you kind of had your hook, which, you know, you got a playroom. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. I, you know. so That's how he got me here. The, I did say I hosted a lot. And yeah. I hosted a lot because I had created a playroom in the home because I don't have kids. And it's an official playroom. It's not just a bed with <laughs> some handcuffs you on saw it. it. <laughs> yeah. No, they gave me a tour. Like it's a, you know, you've got, you know, suspend, you know, swing drilled into the, you know, it's, it's. All mirrors. It's up the code and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's toys all over the place. Like, yeah. It's not something you hide when, you know, no, no, that, it's that, that, that's a, Yeah, it's a permanent room. There's no setting that up and breaking it down the afterwards. beauty of not having kids. Right. Yeah. And that was one of the appeals to Casey because she, uh, she was a single girl in the lifestyle and usually you have to go to them. Yeah, I, I actually want you to, because you guys told me, but obviously my listeners don't know that, Um when your friend told you about her, you said that you were already kind of aware of her. You hadn't met her or talked to her, but you were aware of her, and you were like, well, she's never going to, because you, you described to me the way she was in her profile. So, Can you kind of tell my listeners oh, what her I profile was? I was aware was? of her because she was hot in her photos, and she had... Had a reputation. Uh, on this particular site, mm-hmm. there was like certifications. She had a whole bunch of certifications. She had a profile... I learned later on after meeting her that got to the point of being serious and to the point I don't play games. I deal with enough bullshit. This is what I want. Take it or leave it. You come to me. This is, you know. And she had said, oh, her profile started out nice and sweet. And then she just learned and grew mm-hmm. and learned and grew. And uh, so I would read it and go, I don't have a chance. No fucking way. Yeah. I'm going to ever meet this girl. And. Can I I just interject something? So he said that about my profile, right? Mm -hmm. Fast forward to make a couple's profile. Same shit happened when he was writing it. It started out super nice. And now it's very strict and aggressive (laughs) because he couldn't handle the bullshit either. No, there's a lot of bullshit. He saw once you started mixing the guys in, like how the messages and it was just out of control. So his personality shifted too. It's not like... No. You know, it's just the natural course of things. You, you learn. Have, yeah, you have to kind of take You have that. to be a little stricter and, you know, firmer in what you're looking for. Or it's just like a fucking nightmare. And when we first met, I'd be like, hey, can I just can I look at your, you know, profile? Like, can I, Oh, my she, inbox. She's like, sure. And I'm looking. I'll go, does that say 300? It was like 300, mm-hmm. 350 messages, 400 messages. She goes, yeah. She goes, most of them are bullshit. I go, I'm lucky if I get one or two every like. It's, it's, it's interesting <laughs> that you say that because one of the things that I've often said is, you know, because sometimes guys will get bent out of shape. You know, hey, you didn't respond to me. I sent you a message I haven't heard back. And what I always try to explain to guys is you can be the best guy in the world. You can have the hottest body, the best reputation. You'll be lucky if you get a dozen unsolicited messages. Like if you're getting a dozen, you're way ahead of the curve. And when I say unsolicited, I mean people reaching out to you, not you reached out to them and they're responding back to you. And like, if you went a week without checking your messages, you might come back to, you know, half a dozen messages. Let a woman go a week, like a woman who lets it be known that she plays with single guys. Let her go a week without checking her messages. 
and see what her inbox looks like. So I find it interesting that when you guys became a couple, you know, because it's, it's one thing to look at her inbox, you know, when she you know kind of gave you access to look at her messages. You know, you're not really involved. She's just kind of giving you a peek at it. But once you become a couple, now it's different. I mean, like now you, you're tasked with responding to these, and you see just how night and day it is, you know, like just how much women are just flooded with messages. And what's messed up about it, like you said, most of them are bullshit, but it's frustrating because you still have to open them, you have to, read to, through them. To, to, to see. Well, and and uh, even funnier than that is I was looking, and as I'm looking, the number keep going up. Mm-hmm. Like actively real time. Oh yeah, because they can she's see getting, she's online. She's getting more. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. How do you keep up with this? I just remember like he was so shocked when he read the emails. He was like, "This is how people speak to you, like guys. This is how mm-hmm. they talk." Because he's a single. Dick. He's like, <laughs> I would never in a million years write that to someone. I go, well, that's why we're together and not with these people. <laughs> and when I was single, when I had 400 emails, I didn't fucking read them. I just did my own searches and picked guys because it took less time. Like you know, like you have to be in the mood to read 400 messages. So to your you point, you gotta be in the mood to read 40 messages. To, but to your <laughs> point, also, you may be the best match for me. But if you're number 150 in the 400, I might not ever read that message. You know, so it's it's a game. Sometimes it's just like a numbers game. Is your message at the top when I'm looking for someone? Because I'm not gonna read. You know, so a lot of times I would just do my own searches and find people because it was faster for me so mm-hmm. i would reach out to people but then you know sometimes i did read them it was it was like a mix but there's messages that i probably still never read you know like at the end of it because you just it's just impossible and i never uh, and you can never really catch up no it's just yeah, too no, much sometimes it was, it was insane and as you mentioned um uh, michael i i would if i was interested in a couple i would just put out a message and if you don't hear back you don't hear back either a lot of them don't respond mm-hmm. and some guys take offense to that um i didn't care right you know i've had a few reach out to me which was cool but you just put out some feelers and if you get some interest great and you just it's respect and that's what we tell you know when casey goes on these podcasts we tell people like because like oh what kind of advice can you give to single guys just understand that it's not don't you know, be so thirsty don't get so bent out of shape <laughs> don't get so bent out of shape and and if we say no thank you she goes, you're super nice because I at least try to say no thank you. Mm-hmm. He explains why. He gives them advice. And I'm like, so, what are you doing? Because I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what it felt like. He's like so, the most generous guy so ever. It could Someone could write like a whole message to us or to her. And I'll be like, oh, no, she's not. she won't be interested. So I just, no thank you. Good luck. And some of them even go, wow, thank you for at least getting back to me. That was really nice because they don't get. They just get pushed to the side. Yeah, well, you remember what that felt like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but you get, those ones are nice to say thank you for the no thank you, but then you get the other ones, well, why not? And then they argue with you about why. So when I was single, I would never respond if I wasn't interested because then you get into this battle about why are you not interested in me. Um, Or... Which is ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, like you're, you're not helping your case. Yeah. You're not, or like, still not going to want to meet Now, yeah. my, like Jason will write no thank you, whatever. And then two weeks later, well, how about now? And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, are you kidding me? No, nothing has changed in the past 14 days. <laughs> like, it's still a no, you know? So I'm on the fence with responding to people. I let him. And another, I guess, I don't know if it's a misconception, but just because she's a, a very proud hot wife or slut wife or all, doesn't mean she wants to have sex with everybody. Mm-mm. You know. She, she wants dick, just not show she, dick. She, <laughs> right. And some guys think, 
I don't know if they're coming from the vanilla world or whatever, and they just think like, oh, she's going to be an easy lay or something. Like that. It's it's different. It's so, like we'll go through phases. I'll be like, oh, I want to see you with a couple of older guys. Mm-hmm. Or I want to see you with like a bunch of black guys or younger guys are a pain because they're a little flaky. Mm-hmm. He likes the visual, but I'm not. I'm not really sold on it. Yeah, I like the visual, like the the cougar right. younger guy thing. Or I'll be like, oh, you know, let's find a bunch of big cocks or this or whatever. Well, that one I'm always up for. Well, yeah, you're always up for that. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a given. But it is, or like whatever. But um, where was I going with this? <laughs> I don't know. No, you I were was, just talking about the I got stuck thinking no. on the big cock and yeah, I got distracted. Yeah, yeah. squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I had a point. No, you were talking about just like, you know. Dealing with the guys and and you know My, letting, letting them down easy and kind of going through all the emails and right right oh how like they still have to like act normal I would oh say. right so she just because she puts out there that she's into it doesn't mean it's going to be everybody mm-hmm. you know it's like sometimes she has likes a certain look you know uh, but it, that's what some guys think they take offense immediately like well you like meeting guys how come you're not interested but that's a very broad yeah yeah i'm still allowed to say yes and no to people and i think you know obviously single guys get a really bad rap a lot of them deserve it yeah a lot of it is self-inflicted yes and i always like to say like there are people like us that want you and we look for you but it's i don't think it's that hard to be a single guy in the lifestyle if you just have respect for people that's the biggest thing is when they come at you with like these vulgar intro lines like i've never spoken to you and you're gonna say like these really nasty things to me like that's not setting you up for success Mm-mm. just behave like you would if we were on a vanilla site yeah, like that's my you, best advice yeah, like if you saw me in walmart is this what you would say to exactly. me Exactly. <laughs> like just because we're in the life so we're still normal people you know um so you want to still like approach people in a polite way before you get to the graphic stuff that's my biggest thing you know is just be respectful and especially now since we're stag vixen like if we clearly have a couple's profile we clearly lay out what we're looking for so when guys write to me directly in like a sexual way i'm like "Mm, you're already missing the point of this dynamic you need to address both of us Mm-hmm. or at least acknowledge that I have a husband that's going to be there. Because I'll get a lot of messages from people that hear me on podcasts and stuff, and then they find me, like, on social media, and they're like, oh, I'm going to take you out to dinner, I'm going to fuck you. And I'm like, where's my husband going to be? And they're like, oh, he's not invited. I go, you have no clue what you're doing. Like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, you know? that before. Like, people don't understand the dynamic, and instead of asking us, they just think, like, I don't know. They're just gonna like whisk me away for this like night of and, like and, fantasy pleasure. Yeah, and don't think that they're, we're trying to help educate, just like you are, Michael. The the dynamic on what what we look for and what other couples look for, and everything is uh, varies from couple to couple. But like, all you, you know, got to do is ask. All you got to do is ask. Yeah. That's the thing, and I much rather someone ask us and be honest. And look, you know, we go back and forth with meeting guys that are new in the lifestyle because again, like. You have to remember, everybody starts somewhere, mm-hmm. right? We all do it. So if no one's going to meet you, how are you ever going to get good at this? So, you know, we try sometimes to meet new people, but then sometimes, you know, it turns out to be a mess and it's stressful and stuff because you want experienced people. But we try to be understanding, but I'd much rather you come to me and say, I've never done this. Like, what, what do I need to do? What do I need to know? 
versus just being like an asshole assuming that you know everything you know like we don't mind helping people and teaching people and giving them advice and stuff um but you just have to understand that not everybody's the same not everybody's looking for the same thing and just that lack of knowledge and respect can really turn people off to you and that's what's doing the most damage because there are tons of couples and women that want single guys we just want like the right ones yeah you want good you know? guys but, guys that get it but guys are their worst enemy like you know they're causing all the problems for themselves yeah, and the thing about it is it's not rocket science. No, and then unfortunately also I think there's a high number of guys on these sites that, A, they're not really in the lifestyle. They're just trying to get laid easily, which is the wrong place to be because they stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Or, you know, they're cheating on their wives, so they make plans, then they can't get out because the wife, is, you know, like mm-hmm. they're just full of shit. So you have to filter through all of that to get to the people that are actually like, serious about being here and serious about meeting so it becomes like this art form but the longer you're doing this the easier it is to weed you know Mm -hmm. through people and see the red flags and stuff so you don't waste as much time um but it you know it does get to be overwhelming sometimes and it takes the fun out of it when you're just trying to have like (laughs) a fucking wild night out and there's nights when i say to him can you believe like i can't get laid tonight like this is impossible (laughs) <laughs> like what it else do we need to do like you know it shouldn't be this hard <laughs> yeah and it's like this ongoing joke with most people in the lifestyle you know you hear this from like there's so many guys there but to get them to come here and have a good night with them is really tricky sometimes hey, you know but when it pays off it pays off you have an opportunity no string sex with my wife right mm-hmm. just no, show up you don't have to She's not going to call you. She's not going <laughs> to bother you. She's not yeah, going to ask you to take her shopping. She's not going to do that. You can just, right? And it's still uh, it's a, hilarious. a project. But when they do come through, a lot of these guys are really good. Mm-hmm. So we're not knocking guys at all. It's just the ones no, that. No, there, there are amazing guys yeah. out there. And, you know, we rely on those guys or, you know, we wouldn't be able to, especially when I was single. That's, you know, mm-hmm. that's all, I only had sex in the lifestyle. I never. Like, I didn't go back and forth and date Vanilla while I was in the lifestyle. It was strictly this, nothing else. Right. You know? So, what I'm curious about is, okay, so you come here on the on the blind threesome. You guys meet each other. This woman who you thought you were never going to meet, who had this very strict <laughs> profile, now she's in your home. Yeah. How did, it, how, did, how did things go from that night? Because that could have very easily just been like a one-time thing. So, I guess I would just ask, ask it in a simple way. Why wasn't it a one-time thing? Like, what what happened that night that made either one of you say, I, I want to investigate? Like, this is more than just a blind threesome. Like, there's something here. Well, actually, it wasn't like that at all. It was, like, an indirect thing. So, because by going to the threesome, I had imploded that other relationship, which I knew was going to happen. But I was still really pissed about it. Because I was like, oh, like, how dare he be mad at me, you know, for doing this? Like, right. I just felt... Like, so angry about everything. So I had called the guy that set up the threesome. And I was like, listen, I'm really, like, pissed off. I need to, like, go out and have sex. Like, can you hang out? But he wasn't available because he had, like, I forget, a wife or a girlfriend and kids. He had his own shit going on. And he was like, Casey, I'm so, so sorry. Like, I can't get away. He was like, why didn't you call Jason? And I'm like, why would I call Jason? I don't know him. (laughs) He was like, "Uh, you just fucked him. I go, yeah, but I don't know him. Like, we had sex. That's it. And he was like, well, that's the best I can offer you right now. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I don't know. So I, I forget if I called you or if he called you. 
but somehow we ended up like he was the backup plan kind mm-hmm. of. He was like you got my number from him, and then I got okay. a text message. But basically, it was because the other guy couldn't hang out, so by default, Jason had to entertain me. He was doing him a favor. Um, so I came here, and we sat right here on this couch, and I sat there, and he sat here, and we just stared at each other. And it's bizarre when you have this, like, epic, sexual, crazy night with someone, and then you have to, like, get to know them after that. Yeah. Right? It's so fucking it's like I've already I've already seen you naked, but now... Yeah. What's your name? You know what I mean? <laughs> and we're just staring at each other. And the whole time you're like envisioning the threesome. But I'm like, oh, what do you do for work? Like, where did you grow up? You know, it's so like weird and boring compared to the night mm-hmm. that you met. But you have to kind of go through this. Um, and we hung out for a while. We talked. I think we went to get dinner. Dinner. We had sex again. We hung out for like 10 hours. Mm-hmm. In one day. And then she, at the time, she was an hour away. Mm-hmm. Where we're sitting right now, and she would just stay like an entire day, and go up, and then we talk a little bit during the week, and I hope I see her again the following weekend. It was like once a week mm-hmm. for a while, and then. But he was like, "You were so into me." Oh, I knew she. Th- I knew she was special, but she didn't realize how special she was. And yet. I thought he was crazy because right away he was like, oh, you're so special. Like, we're going to be together. And I'm like, you're psychotic. Like, <laughs> like, you're creeping me out right you now. You had a stage five clinger. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because, no, this was really funny because I lived an hour away. Sometimes I'd sleep over, like, on the weekend. And then he'd go to work. So he gave me one of, like, oh, maybe, like, for- fourth time I was here, he gave me a key to the house. And I'm like, you are insane. Like, I don't know you. Why are you, you know? And he's like, I'm just trying to make you comfortable and, like, make your life easy. But I took it as, like, he's, like, insane. You know, and everything he did to try to be a nice guy, I misinterpreted and thought he was trying to trick me and he was, you know, he was going to become somebody else once he got me. I was so paranoid and so hurt from, like, all these past guys that I just could not trust him to save my life. Like, everything he did to be nice... I just pushed him away. I was like, nope, nope, we're not doing this. Every time we got close, I'd pull away. Very frustrating. Yeah, but he never gave up, you know. I was super difficult in the beginning, I'm not going to lie. Like, I have to own up to that. I was Mm -hmm. horrible. Um, But I was just so scared and so damaged, and I was just like, I can't do another, Mm -hmm. like, horrible breakup. Like, I don't have it in me. So it just took a while, and he wore me down. (laughs) Do you remember... You know, I'm not. I'm sure you can't go to like the exact moment, but when your opinion started to shift, like when you stopped being so paranoid and just started like accepting the the kindness that he was, you know, offering you. I actually do remember. I had a car accident. I was in a car accident, and it was like one. I was sleeping in a car. I'd gone out with my friends. Um. And I was in the passenger seat, and then there was a, like, car accident, and I was so disoriented. And I just remember picking up my phone, and I didn't call my parents. I didn't. I called him, I, or I texted you, whatever. And in that moment, I was like, wow, if he's the first person mm-hmm. I'm thinking of right now, like, shit. I was like, damn it, like, he got to me. Like, that's it, he's in now, <laughs> you know? And then it still wasn't easy for us, but I at least accepted, I think, that, okay, we're together now. So up to this point, I mean, obviously, there's still a physical component to your relationship, but was it 
one on ones or was it was there were there more threesomes? Like had you been with her and other guys again or was it always just you two? In the beginning we were doing some stuff with guys because she still had her singles profile. Right. We were doing stuff with guys she knew that was she was familiar with. Uh, eventually, she chose to. Uh, when we got serious, I ended everything she, with previous people. You can, yeah, and then she took her singles profile and converted it to our couples profile. She kind of wanted to leave that as a closed chapter, so mm-hmm. a, a new chapter with me. And um, so we did some stuff with guys you knew, and then. Because um, we met in April of 2019, mm-hmm. and COVID. Co- then next year the COVID, yeah. and she made a choice. She goes, "Oh shit, do I sit home an hour away during this whole country lockdown thing, or do I come down here?" And she chose to come down here, and that's when she kind of moved in. When we I don't, we do- didn't like consciously choose. Right. I came, and then neither of us were working, so I never had to leave. Right, right. And it just became like, oh, I guess I'm here now. And then, but um, we went through a lot of ups and downs with that because this girl likes to be active. Mm-hmm. And outside of sex, she loves to be active too, like just anything physical, uh, bicycle riding, swimming, paddle boarding, right? And we couldn't do any of that. Right, it was for all a while, down. right? So it was stressful for her. So we had to get through all these, um, these, we had to, basically we made it through COVID and we knew we could make it through everything. Well, even going back a little bit, I always like to tell people that people assume because we met in a threesome in the lifestyle, like you meet and everything is just easy now. Like everything falls into place. And it was so complicated for us when we tried to mix both of our styles because like, you know, he was open to sharing a girl in the lifestyle. I wanted to be shared, but our visions of that did not really line up, which, you know, back then I thought there was only one way to share someone. I didn't know there was all these different like ways you could do it. So when we first started dating, we were having threesomes and, you know, they were okay, but they weren't always like great. Like one of us would have a good time, but the other one didn't. And it took us a little while to really get on the same page with like what our expectations were with meeting other guys together, you know, and we had just kind of got ourselves to a good place with that. And we were like having better threesomes and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So now you took away all the playing. I'm living in a new state. I've never lived with someone before. Like the world and, you know, it was all of this stuff was happening at one time. And I just had this like massive break and I completely lost my sex drive. Like gone. Mm-hmm. Did not I did not want to be touched. I didn't want to be kissed. Like nothing. It was like repulsive to my body almost. So I had just moved in with him, and then this happens to us. So you can only imagine like what that does to like a brand new relationship. It's fucking horrible. You know, in COVID, you would think we're home like fucking all the time, like animals, and it was the opposite. So now he's still super horny. I want nothing to do with anything, <laughs> and we got into this bad cycle where. You know, he sometimes he'd be like, oh, I'm going to go fuck someone. I'm like, you can't. We're in COVID lockdown. Like, that's not even an option. You know, like, stop it. It's just words. Yeah, he would just get, like, frustrated. And then, you know, he'd be, like, masturbating. And then he'd feel like shit after. Or sometimes, because I wanted to be with him, I just couldn't at the time. You know, but mentally, I wanted to. 
So I'd be like, all right, you could fuck me just to come. And I'd lay there like a dead body. <laughs> and he's like, this is even worse. And I'm like, well, I don't know what, like, I'm trying my best. I really, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. And it was just horrible. We fought and it was so up and down. And then I ended up going to the doctor finally because he was like, okay, maybe there's something wrong with you. You know, like, let's check you out. So I ended up going off my birth control to get tested and going off birth control after 20 years, not the best plan ever because my mood swings Mm -hmm. just added to like, (laughs) poor guy. oh my God. (laughs) So when he says we survived COVID, that like we survived a horrible year. And that was when we first met and getting through that kind of like reinforced, okay, if we could get through that. I think we're going to be okay. So I got tested. All my levels were good. And the doctor was literally like, it's all in your head. It's too many changes. You're just having like this massive mental like breakdown. She's like, if you want to be with this guy, you guys need to get your shit together. (laughs) You know, basically. And I came home from the doctor. and I said, listen, like we can't blame my body. It's us. And like, what are we going to do? So we decided in that moment, like if we want to be together, we have to like, you know, stop blaming each other, stop fighting, and really get to the root of what the problem was. So we started, like, making small changes and like, how, you know, we were behaving and things and stuff, like, in our relationship. And it sounds funny to say, but we actually had to practice, like, being sexual together. So now we met in a crazy threesome, and now, like, we're struggling for me to, like, hold his hand and like touch like it was so crazy to like be going through that but we took our time and you know we would like maybe like have some foreplay but not have sex like and in the beginning he thought we were gonna be fucking all the time I'm like no like I have boundaries I'm only comfortable with like this amount tonight maybe we'll make out and then that's it like so it was that again was a struggle too because now he'd be getting turned on and I'm like nope I'm done for the night you know so mm-hmm. I don't even remember how just I don't know it ended up coming back slowly and then once it came back it was like my drive was even higher than before I lost it so it's been out of control again but it was definitely like our connection that we just needed I don't know there was something that wasn't like right with me and once we fixed that, then it was, you know, life was perfect again. But it was it was a horrible, very dark period for us. Oh, yeah. And I don't think anything could be worse than that. <laughs> and uh, the, what, a few weeks before the country locked down, we went to Hito in Jamaica. And then nobody knew this was going to happen. We came home in February, and then a month later, we're like, what the yeah. hell just happened? <laughs> no, it was it was... <laughs> I mean, kind of similar. I went to a splash mocha in Atlanta, like the the beginning of February of 2020, and you know you, there was there were little whispers about it while we were down there. You know, you saw something on the news, like oh, that's in China mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you know, I I drove down to that one, and you know, I remember you know I, you know get, getting back to New York, what a New York area, and I actually drove up to Connecticut to see a couple. Um, like sometime in March and like that was like right when Connecticut started locking down and I remember coming home and like pretty much after that that's when shit just like just like stopped you know and it, you know everything just went uh, kind of cold turkey 
So it's definitely a crazy time. But one thing that I'm, I'm curious about because of what you said earlier, so you guys go through these ups and downs and you finally get to, you know, you, you're finally at a happy place. Like you said, if we made it through that, there's something here. Like there's mm-hmm. something here worth mining and building and like that this is not some fleeting shit. You know, we just came through hell and <laughs> we're, we're still here. We're still together. So the restrictions lift a little bit. People are starting to come out. And, and play again and you have that first date you know you find a, a, a good single guy and you know whether you guys go to a hotel or he comes here or whatever but I'm just kind of curious the first time you finally found yourself on the other side like he's the one leaving huh. like do you remember what that what that felt like like is this something that you've always been on that side of it and now you're on the side like you're the couple now i can't remember well i will say too but i do remember recall going wow because like when we first met i didn't feel that right i still felt almost like a single guy yeah even though we were like you just brought the girl to the party it was like her show like she came in guns blaring right literally she had like she went through phases not phases but she would have a different, like, close male friend that would escort her to clubs and arrange gangbang parties and all mm-hmm. that stuff, right? So she comes in blaring going, me and so-and-so are package deal. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, right? no, because, <laughs> no, I was very, very scared to give up, like, everything that I worked for and, and this, like, person that I became for some random guy. Like, I didn't know him, mm-hmm. right? And now he just wanted access to everything. And it's so petty uh, now. Yeah. But I remember looking back and like when I was home, you know, in my state, he'd be like, oh, what did you do last night? I'm like, none that's your none of your business. <laughs> like, we're not together right now. Like, you know, we're just casually seeing each other. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, how are we going to get to know each other if you won't tell me stuff? You know, and I'm like, mm, I don't like this. Or I'd be <laughs> here or I'd be at his house and like my phone would go off and he would like pick up my phone. And I'm like, why are you touching my phone? Like, that's, oh, that man. is very private. Like, like, you cannot. Like, give me that. Now I can do whatever I want. I can yeah. just go you on. Know, <laughs> but, like, in the beginning, I was just so, like I said, traumatized and so much baggage. Like, I just did not want him invading my life. I didn't want him telling me who I could be friends with. I didn't want him taking any of my privileges away that I, like, work so hard for. You know, like, I was just, yeah, like, this very stubborn, Again, tough girl, you like know. you said, you've. That being the idea of being able to have both hadn't dawned on you yet. Yeah, and so. then I was so afraid of losing anything, you know, because now what if I gave up all this, and then a month from now we break up, and now I have nothing, you know? So I was really trying, not in the right way, but in my head I was trying to protect myself. So, you know, I came in very aggressive, oh. and oh God. <laughs> I was like, I'm a strong woman, I'm a badass girl, you don't tell me what to do, I tell you what I'm doing, you know? And then eventually, you know, I softened and stuff. But it it was a hard shock at first to have to let somebody know, like, answers to questions. And, like, I was like, no one's questioned me in so long. Like, you know, uh, so it was really hard for me to come back. Even though I wanted a boyfriend, I didn't know how to have a boyfriend anymore. I was so single for so long. And especially in this lifestyle, you have to have this, like, hard edge to you so that you... Don't get taken advantage of. You don't feel like garbage. You know, 
you're a strong woman, not like a used woman in like the negative sense right, used. Right. Um, so you really have to have like this tough side to you, or at least I did, so that I didn't like feel like shit about myself all the time. You know, like I wanted to feel good about myself, so I had to create, you know, this like kind of persona to like be okay with everything. So when we first, before COVID, we were playing with a lot of people I knew. And then after COVID, when we were like solid with our relationship, I made the choice. I said, look, I said, I don't think we should play with anybody that I knew before I met you. Uh, I, because I could sense that he did not have that like hierarchy over them. Like how is someone I know for a month gonna feel comfortable with someone I've known for four years like right. obviously me and that person even if I don't have the same emotional connection we have history we're gonna have inside jokes mm-hmm. we're gonna have experiences that Re- we remember that time yeah so <laughs> I felt and then I go feel like, like it wasn't guy again. Yeah. yeah I felt like for our relationship to grow it just wasn't healthy and I hated when I told people I'm not playing with people from the back. Oh, he won't let you? I'm like, no, that was I always, don't want to. Was that always their first kind of? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, because they God. can't accept, you know, that mm-hmm. I don't want to fuck them anymore. You know, and some people are like, oh, I, you know, thank you for letting me know. I'm so happy for you. And then like a few weeks later, they'd be like, well, if you ever change your mind, I'm like, no, you know, this is what I need right now. So, you know. I just hate that people don't think, like, I made that choice for myself. Like, I'm putting my relationship before Mm -hmm. random guys that I fuck. I'm sorry, but that's, like, what I needed to do. And once we did that, then there's the shift, and now it's us and a guy Mm -hmm. versus me, a guy, and him. Like, it definitely changed the dynamic, and now we have this experience where we're meeting someone new together. So we're both agreeing who we're going to meet, how it's going to go, you know, and there's no preconceived anything, you know, and it definitely, that was a game changer for us, I think. You know, maybe other people can keep, you know, previous partners around and not be affected. But for us, or especially me, I needed that shift in my brain. We're now, I'm with this guy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to give him priority. I'm going to make him feel special. And that really, I think, had the most effect really on does. making us successful. She makes me feel like the most special guy. I got rid of, because <laughs> we tried using my profile and saying, I wrote, like, I'm a couple, and that blah, 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 like, looking for threesomes. And they'd be like, some people would really write and be like, does your does your boyfriend have to be one of the guys? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. So then after a while, I go, dude, can we just, like, get rid of my, I can't handle this. The stress of trying to explain to people that I'm not this person anymore, because I had, like, so many people knew of me on the set. Like, it was just, it wasn't working. They wanted the old girl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it might sound stupid, but changing my screen name and making it an official couples profile, again, another step, like, signifying we're in this together. You know, this is us now. And then we moved forward from there. And even though we put up new photos, there were guys they still that, re- fucking recognize that recognized, me. like, her poses or right. whatever, or her ass or something, and they're like, Oh, you used to be so and so. She's like, Jesus. <laughs> There's no getting away but, from it. You know, you have to. Every really... time I get out there, <laughs> <laughs> but again, if I want us to have a real relationship, we have to treat it with respect. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in the lifestyle forget that part that, yes, this is all fun and great and stuff, but at the end of the day, our relationship comes before anything. We love the lifestyle, we love playing and being wild, but if this all ended tomorrow, we would still be this happy. 
And, like, we are confident in that. It is not necessary for us. We love it. But, you know, we are okay as a couple on our own. And that's... That's important. That's the key to all of this. be successful as a couple in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to... The lifestyle can't be what's... No. It's not, a fi- it's not a fixer. It's, uh, you know, you don't go, hey, let's go try swinging or get in a lifestyle to try to save our marriage or relationship. That's not going to work. No, so I think you need to be solid, and then you add this, you know. Well, for most Um, people, it's not going to work. And even, you know how I said before, like when we first met, you know, you have to learn how to have a threesome together, which might sound like crazy to some people, right? Because we met in a threesome, you know, it should be simple. But it's not, especially when you bring it to the level now where we're stag vixen. Like, we had to learn, like, I'm not just having a threesome for my own pleasure now. Yeah, it's for were, his pleasure also. Yeah, so now being totally self you were allowed to be totally selfish yes. before you didn't have to worry about anybody else. Yes, and if you know people don't understand what that part means, you know, he wants to see things that excite him. So I had to learn, you know, to enjoy maybe some fetishes that he liked that I wasn't into at the time or something or to see, you know, like to maybe say things that he likes here but to really engage him to make sure he's liking what he sees right Mm -hmm. because then it has to make everybody happy you know i can't just go in there forget he's in the room that doesn't you know Mm -hmm. that doesn't work for us we have to all participate um you know he really likes dirty talking he likes like super wrecked blowjobs and stuff i wasn't really into that i was just worried about getting fucked all the time when i was single you know so we have to really learn to like flow with each other to make sure that it's fun for everybody because if he's not enjoying it, then I'm not enjoying it. If I'm not enjoying it, he's not enjoying it. You know, and there really is this like mental dynamic going on. Indirectly, the guests are not going to enjoy it. Yeah. But I think when people, you know, aren't in this life where they're just trying to get into it, they don't realize how complex like the mental part of it is and the connection that you have to have with each other. And this was actually surprising for us too is like, you know, I think you were surprised when I mentioned, like, the aftercare part to you one day, like, as mm. my husband. So, and you yeah. said, oh, I thought aftercare was mostly, like, BDSM. And I said, yes, but also I think there is an aspect of it for, like, a stag vixen because especially, like, he's choosing the guys I play with. He's kind of telling me what he wants to see and this and that, you know. And at the end of the night, I want to be rewarded for doing a good job for him, mm-hmm. you know. So I have an expectation that either he's going to fuck the shit out of me after if he didn't, like, right. come while we were playing. If he did happen to come while we were playing, he doesn't just get to go to bed after. He needs to, like, shower me. He needs to cuddle with me. He needs to, like, verbally give me acknowledgement of how hot the night was. You know, like, I need something after. Mm-hmm. You know, just because the the night is over, like, we still have, and that's the part about going home with your partner that's so great is that you have that extension, the night continues once you get home. And I also, like, during an event, if it's a gangbang or whatever, I'm always telling her how beautiful she looks, like she could be covered in cum, she could be surrounded by guys, and I literally think she looks gorgeous. And, like, I think that's important that she knows that, that, you know, you're a slut in a positive way. Right. But, like, when the date ends and we come home, that's... Almost one of my favorite parts of the night always because that's when we, like, truly connect again. And that's the part that you would never were able to see because as a single guy, you're always gone. 
like all that happens yes. know, after yeah after right. we leave. So, yeah. you know, if the night is horrible, we come home, we laugh about it. We're like, oh my god, can you believe this guy did this or this guy did that or like how awful was that? He couldn't get home. Yeah, you know, like we joke about it. <laughs> or if the night was hot, we come home and we're like, holy shit, like that was fucking incredible. You know, like you just bond over that part, whether it's good or bad. And that's the other benefit of being in this as a couple. When I was single and I would go home, sometimes I'm just like, I can't believe no one else witnessed that. Like what I just saw. Like I need to talk to somebody about mm-hmm. this. Or the other problem when I was single, if the guy didn't fuck me good. And I go home horny. I'm just like, holy shit, like I have nothing. But now I come home and if they didn't satisfy me, guess what? He gets the job, you know, like he mm-hmm. has to help me out. So I like that part of it too, that like I can always count on him to save the night if it's like plumbing really badly, you know. Um, but I love the after part. And even before we go on dates, like he showers me, he helps me pick out what I'm going to wear. Like there's so much more involved than the actual sex part. And again, you know, some people don't realize that. It's just like, oh, you're letting your wife fuck someone. Like, yeah, but not at all. That's not even, that's yeah. the smallest part yeah, you've of ze- what's you, happening you here. You zeroed in on like the most minute part of this. Like there's so much more that's going into this, but I'm not even going to try to explain it to you because it's going to go so far <laughs> over your head. Yeah. I'll, I'll, even, I'll even shave her legs. Mm-hmm. And she thinks it's the most manly thing ever. He's checking me because when I shave, sure she's nice and smooth. <laughs> yeah, because I want like guys to really feel. Yeah, it's like you're waxing the car, like with, she, with the with the um, yeah, yeah with, the, shave, with a clay bar. Like when I <laughs> shave, he's like, "You missed a spot. What are you doing? Someone's gonna touch that. You know, you got to be present. So it's part of like our little ritual, and you know, it really is this like beautiful moment between you two, and someone else is helping you with it, but it's really cultivated between the two of you. And, you know, there was, like, one time where we played, and then he fell asleep after, and I'm just, like, I was so angry, and I'm, like, you didn't take care of me after, and he was, like, he's, like, but I came, I go, I don't give a shit, like, I still need some, like, emotional cuts, like, something from you, and he was, like, honestly, I didn't know that, you never told me that. And I said, okay, well, I'm telling you now, so, you know, you know, and again, you always have to have that conversation, because... Not everybody knows everything, and not everything that I felt last year, I feel this year. You know, people change, your needs change, what turns you on changes, and there's nothing wrong with telling your partner what you need and what you want. You shouldn't, just because I know him, doesn't mean he's going to know everything. Yeah, people, you get, know, people get in get trouble when they assume the other person is a mind reader. <laughs> because you get comfortable together, and I go, well, I can't believe you didn't know that. And he's like, but I didn't. And I, I go, okay, then I can't be mad at you if I didn't make that clear. Mm-hmm. And then you move on and you fix it next time. But we've been together four years, I think. Uh, I never know how long we're together. In, in April, we <laughs> met four years. In June, we've um, been together four years. But, like, it never yeah. stops. You can't have one conversation and then never talk about it again. So every night when we have a date, we always go over everything. And if something bothers someone, we don't let it go until it doesn't bother like we don't have a talk and be like okay whatever like brush it off like we get to the bottom of every problem that we have no matter how long it takes to like settle it because you need to or it's just gonna like sneak up on you and destroy everything like out of nowhere mm-hmm. and, and again and on the contrary if i there's stuff that like, oh my god you look so hot doing that i'm like can you do that more she's like yeah definitely because she knows that you know because we're in this uh stag vixen thing where She's the only girl I'm having sex with, and I love it. 
because she does, like, forget about this with me. She'll put on any show, like, she's my personal porn star, mm-hmm. and it's such a turn-on. So I'll be like, oh, I love the way you did that with that guy or the way the two guys are doing that. She goes, oh, yeah, I can do that more, no problem. And, like, it's just incredible. There's something that I actually want to address with you, uh, Casey, because I, I know there are, you know, there are women listening to this and they're they're zeroing in on certain things and I just want to give you the opportunity to, to, to clarify it. There's a lot of, and I've, I've been seeing this kind of groundswell and it's something that I've been trying to do, you know, since I first started doing this podcast, which is empowering women. And... You know, you've you've mentioned it a few times yourself. But then in the same breath, you'll say, you know, doing things to make him happy. So for those women out there who are wondering how both of those things can exist, like how can you be empowered but yet still feel like you've got to put on a show for your husband? How would you say that both of those things are able to coexist in your brain that even while doing those things to make him happy, they don't make you feel any less empowered? This is a very intelligent question. So you can you can be more than one thing at a time, right? And again, because of the relationship that we're on, it has to be mutually beneficial to both of us, right? Mm-hmm. So by me doing something to please him, that doesn't take anything away from me, right? Because I can say no to whatever I want, Right. So far, I have not had the desire to say no to anything (laughs) because Uh it doesn't benefit me to say no, right? Because whatever I'm doing, you know, and these are not things that, like, I just don't have a, like, I don't care anymore what I do sexually, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but after a while of, like, doing all these things, like, nothing really bothers you anymore. Like, you're very open-minded, and again, in a stag-vixen dynamic, my goal is to make him as hard as possible all the time. Okay, so if he wants to see my face messy, I'm going to fucking do it because he's going to fuck me so good after I do, you know, it's like he's giving you a cheat code. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm pushing his buttons like that's the fun and game in this, you know, is I know what he wants to see and I know what it's going to get me at the end of the day for doing it. And none of this is harming me in any way. None of it's like malicious where he's controlling me. It's like a lighthearted, you know, you're teasing each other back and forth and you know, he's my husband. I'm the only person, the only woman that he's with and stuff. So, you know, f- like, I feel like it is my duty and not in, like, an unempowered way. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I like having that that power that I know how to push his buttons and I know how to turn him on and I know how to get what I want from him, you know. And at the end of the day, I'm getting everything I want out of this arrangement, too, you know. And people that only see it as one or the other, you know, they're not open-minded enough to appreciate what's happening here. Like, I enjoy acting like a slut. I enjoy, like, causing a scene. These things make me happy. So any request that he makes to me, I take it as, like, it's like a privilege to do that for him, to turn him on. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't see it as not being empowered in any way and i think honestly this is the most empowered a woman can be where i'm getting everything in the world right now you know from a guy that lets me be a massive whore when i want but he still respects the shit out of me like there's nothing more empowered than that situation to me you know and some people just don't have 
you know, the capacity to see that and to see that it's not a negative thing. You know, we we're at the point now where we go out, he lets guys have markers, they write shit all over me, you know, like I don't give a, it doesn't bother me because I'm comfortable with myself and mm-hmm. I'm confident. And at the end of the day, the guys that we're playing with, even though they're doing these crazy things to me at the end of the night, they say, thank you. It's a pleasure meeting you. They shake his hand. Like, you know, they're, they're respecting me even when it looks like they're not, you right. know, and that's, that's the true lifestyle people. You can do these wild things and it doesn't affect how you see each other. Mm-hmm. If anything, Guys at the end of the night are usually like, holy shit, like, you guys are fucking insane and crazy. Like, you know, that was the best night ever. And that's, like, the biggest compliment to me, you know? Like, it, I don't know. I don't think you have to take everything so personally all the time when it comes to sex. I think it's just how you approach it. If I don't let it bother me, then it's not a problem, you know? And what what do you say? No, I was going to clarify that I'm only with her by choice, she never restricts me. Mm-hmm. But I that was know actually going to be my next qu- question she, for you. She doesn't restrict me, but I know a couple of things. A, she is a hardcore exhibitionist, so she doesn't really get. Yeah, anything I noticed from, that when we met for drinks. Right, she doesn't really get. <laughs> she doesn't really get anything from watching. Okay, A, B, I know. So she wouldn't even be involved if I did have sex with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So. And I don't like that to begin with because we're always doing these things together. Right. And B, I know that if I did have sex with somebody else, I'm going to feel exactly how I used to feel when I was a single guy after I after I came. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel empty. I'm going to miss her. I'm going to be like, this is this is horrible. And it just works. Like she literally gives me anything I want. Right. She'll put on any performance that I want. And, and most of like I want to do it. It makes right. me and she happy wants to do it. To do so it. That's the key happy. right there. She's not acting. She actually enjoys it. And she said to me one day, she goes, you know, even though you like some degrading things, and so she goes, I never feel like I'm being degraded because she's actually enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And it's turning you on. Like that's my goal is to turn you on. Like it doesn't matter what I have to do yeah. to do it. You know, that's. The payoff is always worth it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, like you like seeing him just sitting there like drooling on himself. Yeah, and even, <laughs> oh my God, it's amazing. Even if an action looks like from the outside world, if you just saw like a snapshot of it and you're like, holy shit, that's degrading. In the moment, it's not. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everything always has these labels and I hate all these labels for everything, you know? Because it's just fun at the end of the day. Like, everybody's having a good time. Who cares what you're doing if everybody's okay with what's happening there, you know? So, when before we started um, recording the podcast, we were talking, we mentioned that we went to our first um, adult theater Mm -hmm. recently. And it was pretty cool, and we're definitely going to go back. And after, you know, the day after, we were getting some messages on one of the sites we were on. And a couple were intriguing. They're like, best time we ever had there. Or what an amazing couple you got, you know, like stuff. I'm just like, there's got to be other couples that go because there are. So she would write back. She goes, well, mind if I ask what made it so like, why was it so great for you? And one guy stuck out because I read it. And he said, a lot of couples do not treat single guys like you do. Like, we'll go to the theater, and they're very, like, bossy and very this. Mm -hmm. You were so welcoming, and your husband was so nice that it was the best time I had there. And she was like, holy shit. You know, we just happened to go, and, you know, we announced that we were going, 
and uh, the feedback was great. So she's looking forward to going again. Well, you know, at the same time where we give, like, single guys shit and, you know, try to help them out, I think there is also this part where, you know, couples do treat guys like shit sometimes too. Like, you know, we look at it like, we want to meet you to have a good time. Why would we be mean to you? Like, you know, it doesn't serve a point to treat you like shit and then ask you to come have sex with me. Like, but there is because guys have this bad rap. Some people are coming at the angle like, you know, they're better than them or the guys owe them something. We've met people, guys that we're friends with and they go, the couple told us like we could go, but you have to bring the wife a gift. And I'm like, what? Like, where is that coming from? Like, they're so demanding of these guys. All we do the first time we meet, we ask you to supply the room, and that's it. But We heard one recently that basically the husband said, yeah, you could for X amount an hour. Like it was, well, that's a whole different thing. Like escorting or something. Yeah, that's, like, that's, a, that's a different yeah. fetish. We're like, we're but like, it's like, we're like you what? have to buy them dinner. You have to bring them a gift. You have to bring her a bottle of champagne. And I'm like, wow, this is like taking the spirit out of the lifestyle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we just want respect from people, but, you know, after that, people have to remember that the guy is helping with their fantasy also. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a lot of them to choose from, but we still need guys to be stag vixen couple. Like, it doesn't work without them. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're going to be nice to them. And, every, you know, we're just nice people in general. Like, why should you not be nice with this? You know, everybody's trying to have a good time. So, I hate when, you know... There is this stigma that, like, you can just treat guys like shit because most of them are shit, you know, but they're not all shit. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, everybody would get along better if just there's more respect across the board from everybody, you know. But that's just me. So one direction that I, I want to take this in, um, because you, you, you brought it up earlier. I mean, obviously, I've known about it because we talked, but you mentioned it, you know, earlier tonight. And I want to give you an opportunity to go into it. Tell me more about your writing, because I know it, it wasn't just like journaling. Like you've actually written and and had a book uh, published. Um, so kind of tell me how that came about, what it did from you from like a therapeutic standpoint, and also to let us know is it something that you still continue to do, and how has it evolved? So I think it, I'm so bad with dates. I think it was like 2017, maybe, and I was single. And people would always come to me and be like, oh, my God, you're a single girl in the, in the lifestyle. You must have, like, the best stories ever. You should fucking write a book. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. And then fast forward, I was home. I was injured from something. So I was out of work for a couple of days. And I'm not good at being bored. So I was just like, oh, someone said I should write a book one time. So I just started writing. And I didn't even know what I was going to write. And... I ended up, I very bad at like OCD and insomnia when something's in my head. So for two days straight, I didn't sleep. I just like started typing stuff. And I didn't know like what I was writing or why I was writing stuff. But it almost became just like more like a like a diary thing where I just needed to get all of these feelings out of me. Because this is when I was struggling with like all the guilt about being in the lifestyle, trying to find a guy, not telling my vanilla friends. And I was just like so overwhelmed once I started typing, like all this shit just started coming out. And it just like started spewing. So my first book was how I got into the lifestyle and what the lifestyle was like in the beginning. And I wrote it. And then I was just like, I don't know. Like, it was fun. I wrote it. Nothing's going to happen. And then I just, I was bored another day, and I said, 
I don't know how you even get a book published, but I'm just going to start Googling stuff. And I probably sent it to like 30 places and then I forgot about it. And then one day I get an email from someone mm-hmm. and they're like, we're interested. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Really? Like, <laughs> no way. I'm not even a writer. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So they ended up publishing it. It was a small publishing company. And after I published it, I told like one or two lifestyle friends and I was so nervous to even tell people I wrote it because it, there's just so much shame about being in the lifestyle or there was for me at the time. And I was like, I can't tell vanilla people really like that's not going to go over well. And then people in the lifestyle, I don't know. I just, I was never comfortable like doing anything with it. So I ended up writing a second book like a year or two later. And that one was when I was in my like big gangbang phase. So it was a lot about gangbangs and stuff like that. And then I actually interviewed a bunch of my lifestyle guy friends, like mm-hmm. my long-term partners. So they all did, I would write like a chapter about my experience with them and then they'd answer like, mm-hmm. you know, all the same questions. Because I really felt like I love single guys. Like I want to give them a voice, like everybody's shitting on them, but right. they're really crucial to my like yeah, sex you kinda, life, you, you know? You need them for the way that you like to play. Yeah, so I wanted to like give them something. And then I published that one myself because you make more money. I wised up, you know, and uh, that one I had just, it just went live on Amazon, like right when we started dating. Mm -hmm. And that was a sore subject. I don't really know why, but you were kind of not so happy with it, I think, for whatever reason. I think he would pick it up and read like certain parts without reading the whole thing. Mm. And then he'd be like, you did this with this guy. Like, I want to do that with you. And I'm like, well, I knew him for five years. Like, we're not, we're not there. <laughs> we're not so there yet. I started causing some commotion. And then without telling him, I, I unposted it. I took it down. And then I stopped writing. What do you, you know this story. Why are you looking at me like that? Oh, yeah. He forgot. <laughs> this, was, this was four years. This was four years ago. That's right, right. You took it down because I was like, it's not worth the drama. Like, right. who gives a shit? I'm not even like telling people I wrote it. I don't give a shit. You know, whatever. I let it go. Good point. So then time passes, and then um, I had always said though I wanted to write until I settled down. That would be the end of my story. So like once I found happiness with a guy finally in the lifestyle, I'd write a book and then I'd stop writing. That would be it. So we end up, you know, having this great relationship. We get married, and the night we got home, it was late at night, and he said something to me to the effect of, like, oh, now you can write your last book. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) He's like, well, now you're happy, right? I go, yeah. He goes, well, you're supposed to write a book about being happy. Remember, you told me that when we met. And I said, well, yeah, but I stopped writing, so that's not really going to happen. And he goes, well, why'd you stop writing? And I said, well, because you made me feel like shit about writing. Like, I didn't want to do it anymore. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I said, remember how upset you got about the second book? I took it down. Like, I don't write anymore. And he was so shocked. He was like, why didn't you tell me you did that? I said, I didn't think it was a big deal. I thought it was the right thing to do for us. Like, Mm -hmm. what was the point of telling you? And he was so upset that I did that. He was like, he was like, okay. He was like, we're married. Everything in the past is fine. Like, you liked writing. You said you wanted to do this. And I think it's really important for you to finish this. And I said, well, I don't know, like, writing might be out of my system by now. You know, I had, like, all these excuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even know what I would write. And I said, and if I do write stuff, I have to, like, tell the truth about you. Like, I can't, like, only write good things about you. It's going to be weird. Yeah, warts and all. And he goes, look at me. He goes, you need to do this. He was like, 
I want you to do this. And I said, I'll think about it. And I think that night he went to bed, and I stayed up all night writing again. <laughs> and the insomnia came back, and I wrote for, like, two weeks straight, I think. Mm-hmm. And again, like, it's weird because you think you have nothing to write, but then once you start, mm-hmm. all this shit just starts coming out. And because of my OCD, like, I can't stop until projects are done. So it's very unhealthy, and I don't recommend it. <laughs> uh, I was like a lunatic. So then I finally wrote it. I had the first draft. And then he was like, he was like, let me read it. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, <laughs> I was like, we just got to a good place in our relationship. I don't know if this is smart. And he goes, listen, I promise, like, it's going to be okay. So it took him a while to read it, but we'd sit right here on the couch, and he'd read it while I did whatever. And it was so nerve-wracking to me. I was so terrified. And he wouldn't say anything, but he would make, like, all these different sounds. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck did that, you know? He'd be hmm. like, hmm, or hmm. ooh, you know? Oh. And then I got good at understanding what the sound effects were. And I was like, okay. And it was really interesting because... There were certain parts where he read, and he goes, I never knew that. I go, what do you mean you were there? How did you not know that? And he goes, I didn't know you felt that way at the time. And I was like, I thought I made that very clear at the time. And he goes, no. He goes, so reading the book, actually, he learned things he didn't know, which surprised me. Um, And he didn't ask me to take anything out about him. Sometimes he actually said, oh, you forgot to write this story, you know, this time we fuck things up, you know, because all, so I have three books now and all of the books really focus on like your headspace about being the lifestyle. Yes, there's sex involved in all the books and stuff, but that's not really the actual point. Mm -hmm. It's the emotional journey and me really like discovering like who I am sexually and just in life in general. And, um... It was just very therapeutic for me. And when I write stuff, you know, I want things to be true. Maybe if I read my first book now, I disagree with half the stuff I wrote because I'm different now. It's mm-hmm. been five years. But when I write something at that moment, I want it to be as true as possible. So it makes you really, like, reflect in, in internally and say, okay, that's what I want to write, but that's actually what happened, right? Like, that's, that's the truth. So I write a lot of negative things that happened to me, a lot of negative things that I did to other people, you know, I don't like to sugarcoat stuff. Mm -hmm. This is real life. Like, there is drama. There are ups and downs. All of the shit that we've been through is in the book. Like, we don't lie about anything because if people are going to read these books and get something from them, it's going to be the shitty parts that, like, really speak to them and the fact that we got through them. It's not going to be the fun sex that we have. Like, you know, for the most part, that's not what's going to help people on their own journey. So I think it's really important to be honest when you write stuff. It's I can really relate to uh to what you just said because i experienced something similar with this in that when i started you know the way people responded to me you know like they'd hear my story like okay this guy throws parties he's been in the lifestyle for 20 years he lives with two women he's got a podcast oh this is going to be you know just a a a non-stop sex romp Mm -hmm. And then they listened to the episode, and it was like, is it just me, or was there really not a lot of sex in that episode? Exactly. And, but that's not where my interest was. Like, it would have been exciting to read. It would have been very titillating. But again, like what you said, people wouldn't have learned mm-hmm. anything. And that's what I wanted to do with this, is I wanted people to walk away 
and feel inspired, enlightened, awakened, you know, whatever other words you want to, you know, that you want to plug in there. Um, so I completely understand what you were trying to do and what your goal was uh, when, when you were writing your books. What I'm curious about, you said that you had pulled the second one. So is that to say that the second one is no longer available? No, I put it back before I wrote the third one. So all three are there now. Okay, um, well, I want, I want, I'm going to give you some shine here. What are the titles of, what's the title? Let's start with the first one. What's the title of the first book? The first one is called In Bed with Strangers, Swinging My Way to Self-Discovery. Okay, and the author? Casey Donatello. Okay, and you said that all of these are on Amazon? Yeah. Okay, and um, just to let my listeners know, I will be posting uh, the link to each book in case anybody would like to go and, and you know, and I'm guessing that they're also e-books? Yeah. Like, okay. Um, have you done an audio book for them? Not yet. People keep asking me, but I haven't got there yet. Okay, so the title of the second book? Uh, the second one is Scarlet Swings Higher. So Scarlet was my screen name um, in the book. So she swings higher. Um, the something, there's some other parts of the title, but I care. <laughs> but that's the main title, you know, not the subtitle. Um, and so that one's about, like, me really going, like, hardcore mm. into what I'm into. And then part three is Scarlet Surrenders, um, Swinging Into Love. That's the end of the third title. Mm. Um, I forgot the second one. I know. I can't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> Good advertising. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have the links, and I'll get I'll get the links from you and make sure that I include it. But, in yeah, episode. so Scarlet Surrenders, Swinging Into Love, that whole book is from the day we met to right when we got married. So our whole journey is the third book. So I, I always try to be cognizant of the of the time. Um, there's no way I'm going to be able to get everything I want to talk about you guys <laughs> in the episode. I mean, I, I, I knew that like an hour ago um, because there's a lot more that, that I would like to, to, to dive into. Um, but I feel like this is, you know, kind of a good place to kind of put a bookmark, you know, uh, in a sense we were just talking about your books. <laughs> but I do... Uh, want to give people so I do want to give people a way to reach out to you uh, like we talked about before we start recording my whole goal when I do these is to have an episode resonate with, the, with, with one person and I'm sure that you know there are things that you both said and both felt and both experienced that are going to resonate with people so i'm i'm pretty sure people are going to want to reach out um so i know that you said that you have um an instagram so how can people find you on your instagram instagram is at inbedwithstrangers.official Right, because the first one got, got removed deleted. by Instagram. Oh, okay. A little too risky. Got in trouble. <laughs> okay. It was in bed with strangers. Now it's in bed with strangers. Not official. Official. Okay. And that's how they can they can find you on Instagram. And like I said, I will be, uh, you know, linking uh, the titles to your books so that people can find them. Uh, there's a, a lot more that I would I would love to ask you. I mean, I think that you guys are fascinating. Um, I, I really do. <laughs> I really do uh, enjoy your story and the the journey, you know, that you that you've both been on. Um, 
I find myself, even though I like just met you, I find myself being like extremely happy for both of you. Oh, thank you. My you know, my There's a lot more thing, to talk about. No, no, there, there, <laughs> yeah. no, there absolutely is. But if I had to like give like a few words about like my main goal, it's just to show people that it may not be an easy life, but it is possible if you work at it and you really trust each other and you're honest with each other, you know. Maybe for some people, it's an easy road. You just hook up and have, you know, you're in the lifestyle together. For us, it was a lot of work, but it's worth the work that you put into it. And we could not be happier. What well, the, 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 the reason, like, you don't realize how important your story is. And I'm going to tell you why your story is so important. There is this school of thought. Not everybody subscribes to it, but it, it it's out there. It exists. I've encountered it. And that is... The only path to this lifestyle is you have to be a couple first. Mm-hmm. In other words, you have to be together and have your years together and, you know, and, you know, whether a family is involved or not, basically you have to have a life and then you add this lifestyle to it. And one of the things that I've always been a proponent of is there is another way. You know, that it is possible for people to meet, regardless of what they've been through in their life, they can meet already knowing that they want their life, this lifestyle to be a part of their relationship. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how much I believe that for other people to believe it, I need success stories. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I, I need people out there representing this side being able to say, nah, we met in a lifestyle and yet here we are, you know, and one of the things that I'm grateful for is the emphasis you put on a, how fucking hard it was, how much work it took, but also how supremely gratifying it is. I mean, like I said, I've, I've, been with you guys now for a couple of hours and you and I say this all the time when I interview couples but I'll say it again because I love talking about it you haven't stopped touching each other (laughs) (laughs) like you have not stopped touching each other you know I came in the restaurant and you were sitting on his damn you're sitting on his lap and in the restaurant and at the house and I, I think that's dope because I know that for each of you you know you know, you go back far enough, there was a time where you wanted to believe in this, but you were afraid to believe in it, mm-hmm. you know, so you were kind of jaded because you're like, oh, well, that's not going to happen to me. But you, but yet and still you didn't, you know, you didn't give up, you know, and, you know, by your own admission, you put this man through hell. Um, that's why know. I'm so good to him now. Oh. Yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> he earned you know, it. He, he saw something in you. And, you know, he, you know, he, he, he wasn't going to let you run him off. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't going to let you get in your own way. I knew that if she eventually realized it, that she would be really happy. Like, I would treat her so amazing. But she was through, went through so much nonsense mm-hmm. that her walls were, like, sky high. No, and that's, that, so that's what I mean when I say that your story is very much needed because, you know, people, women and men need to see that 
like you said, it's 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 possible. It's very possible to have it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, you know, one of the things I like to say is, you know, there there is a theme song for the women in this lifestyle. You know, you may not be familiar with it. You know, you can Google it. You know, find it on iTunes. Shaka Khan, I'm every woman. <laughs> nice. Like like that that because that 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 really is like it, it there's you can't be put in a box you know i mean you can be this and you can be that and you can be that and you can be that and you can be this you know what i'm saying but it's all coming from you know uh from inside of you and people need to hear you know uh these types of of success stories that are being handled the right way from people that have that are that understand that it requires work and i think it's really important to just i always like to give him credit because it takes a very certain type of man to be okay with a woman that's this empowered and this strong you know it scares so many guys away oh, yeah. and for a guy not to just be okay with it but to really embrace it and i think that's one of your favorite things about me i don't want to speak for you right that's but okay that you do much better. At like that's things. so <laughs> important to know that there are men that want women like this because I never really believed that, and that was why I was going to give up on it. You know, like before I met him, I was going to walk away from everything. But there are really good men out there that will stand by a woman that is just like me. And that's you why know? it was important to have both of you yeah. in there because there are guys out there right now who are going to listen to this. You know who are going to connect with Jason because they're going to feel like, Oh, I thought I was the only one, you know, I didn't think women would want a guy, you know, like me. And it's crazy because there are also going to be women listening who are going to listen to you and be like, I would love to find a guy like this. So you have these two groups Mm -hmm. of people pining away for each other and we just got to get them to see that they're there. That's why communication is so important because it's so hard in the beginning to tell someone that you want to do this stuff. But if you could get over that hurdle, like, because both people in the relationship might be thinking it, but no one wants to say it because they're afraid the other person is going to judge them. You know, you have to know who you're talking to, obviously feel them out a little bit, but someone needs to be brave enough to say, hey, mm-hmm. do you think, like, what do you think about doing something like this? You know, because if no one brings it up, then it's definitely not going to happen, you know? And maybe you suggest it and the other person's like, no, not really interested. So maybe you let it go or maybe you're like, then this isn't the person for me. But again, you have to have that conversation at some point, you know, if it's really something you want to be doing. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and again, I realized early on in this conversation that, okay, this is, we're going to have to pick this up again. Like there's going to be a part two (laughs) from this. So (laughs) we mentioned the fact that, you know, you mentioned earlier, that you do have an OnlyFans, but we're actually going to save that Ooh. for the the, the, the the second time that that we get together and, and, and record this. Okay. Um, because, it's, you know, like I don't want to just throw it in there. Like there's stuff that was leading up to it, and I want to kind of lead up to it um, naturally as opposed to just trying to shoehorn it in there. No, and again, even just on that topic itself, I have so much there's to more. say. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like... There's so much more than, oh, I put pictures on the, like, there's such a, yeah. like, story behind it and a really important, like, message, I think. So I would love to spend a whole 
interview just talking about that probably no, no, we, like i said we can we can do as many of these as you like i'm, cool. I'm a content creator content <laughs> is important you know what i'm saying especially good content so you know but uh again i want to thank you guys you know what i'm saying for you know your interest in doing this like i said you actually reached out to me i did i found you you know um so that's that's always cool you know because it happens sometimes well, we got an interesting story and it's like okay well let's see let's <laughs> show me what you got you know, and this was a really interesting story. So I'm definitely very thankful that you did reach out to me, um, you know, because there's a lot of value in what you have to say. Oh, and thank it, you so much. It's, it's, it's definitely going to, to, to help people. Um, and, I, like, <laughs> normally I, I t ask people, you know, to give advice, you know, kind of like to put a bow on everything. But your whole damn episode was full of advice. <laughs> I would say basically you know? we did like all the main work the past few years and now we're just in like the maintenance phase. Yeah. You know, yeah. but we're pretty like everything is pretty much smooth sailing at this point. Every once in a while we just tweak something or check in. But for the most part, we got through everything and now we're just like coasting along very nice and happy. So it <laughs> yeah. does get easier. It does, yeah. yeah. And then as uh, you Michael, find your groove, as he said, the the, the OnlyFans and that whole chapter, you know, that's a whole nother. Oh yeah, you can spend yeah. a lot of time. Oh my on. God. Yeah, like I said, I don't want to just yeah. jump into that. The, I want to the different directions. Yeah, she let wants it to go in all types of good stuff. Lead up to it, you know, uh, naturally. I mean, yeah, like I said, the thing that's that's cool for me is I see these stories all the time. Though, like these men that are so confident and secure that they just want to see their wives soar as high as they can possibly go, oh, yeah. you know, like keep going. And so, it, but it, but it's always this wonderful feeling when you encounter it again and then you see it again and you just keep, you know, meeting these couples that kind of have that, you know, that common thread. But, uh, yeah, we've been going for almost two hours. Oh, so shit. Yeah, yeah that, that happens. Um, so. Uh, like two episodes worth. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I usually try to keep them like around an hour. Because, you know, you know, cause, you know, like you said, people got to listen. And, then, you know, I understand people got like breaks from work or whatever. And not everybody got two hours to just sit down and listen. But I get it because they can be so riveting sometimes that, you know. Um, but. No, we're definitely going to going to pick this up. But before I get out of here, I do have to say thank you to my listeners, most notably my Patreon supporters, um, because if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be in a position to be able to do this. Uh, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Um, the other thing I had to get in the habit of saying is um, the website that you guys all heard me talking about, Compersion Club, it's live. We are currently in our beta phase. Um, I don't know if we'll still be in our beta phase by the time this is published, but the site will be there. Um, that is our answer to giving people who play in our end of the pool, meaning, you know, women and couples that are single male friendly, giving us a site that we can call our own that we use to find our ideal partners. Um, you know, swingers, you know, they have their sites out there and they're great for what they do. But we're not exactly their target audience. Um, we make it work. We get in where we fit in. But 
there are certain tools that we would like to have that would make our searches a little bit easier. And that's what Compersion Club is. It's, it's designed from the ground up for people in a lifestyle, by people in a lifestyle. So come by and take a look. Give us your feedback. It's the community supporting the site that is going to help us make it a better site. Um, that's Compersion Club, C-O-M-P-E-R-S-I-O-N-C-L-U-B.com. So come by and check it out. Um, anything that you got, either one of you guys want to say in closing? No, just thank you for having us. I can't believe we talked that long. Yes, Once you. I start going, I don't. I don't stop. She she, she, <laughs> she speaks so well. She's so. <laughs> it's just I'm really passionate about talking about this stuff. So, you know, and 18 years in the life, like there's so much to talk about. You know. No, absolutely, absolutely. Well, with that being said, I am your host, Michael C. I want to thank uh, Casey and Jason. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast, and keep your eyes open for part two because there will be a part two with these two. <laughs> and awesome. I will see you when I see you. Bye. Peace. Bye.